0: Welcome to the Emergent Experience Podcast. I'm Monique. And I'm Satoya. We are two close friends that share a passion for self-care, personal growth, and women's empowerment through honest dialogue and shared life experiences. Thank Thank you you for joining joining us. Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome. This is episode seven, and we are going to talk about... Body positivity is a body image positivity I should say. So the question that came up when we talked and we talk about this quite often, is the body positivity movement an excuse to be unhealthy? Um, or to being unhealthy. And that question comes up because um I guess I could be I am considered a plus size woman, yes. Yes, um, I'm considered plus sizes as well. Mm-hmm. And lately, I've been in my feelings. Now, <laughs> let me tell you what that means. I'm going to tell you why. You know, I, I follow a few um, beautiful, voluptuous women. And sometimes I'm just looking at random Instagram pages of these plus size models. And, you know, they're plush. They're happy. They're smiling. They're skipping. They're jumping. Their knees are fat just like mine. They're overweight just like me. Don't your knees hurt? Your joints don't hurt? Oh my God. You don't get up in the morning sometimes, you be like, ugh. You don't feel like, ugh. So lately, I just feel like, you know, as beautiful and as wonderful as everyone feels or, or appears to look, I'm wondering if we're completely like, are we kind of forgetting to focus on the health, healthy aspect? Like, no one I don't feel, I don't like getting up in the morning and have to slap on my spanks every day. It's annoying. Who wants to wear spanks every day? Just so you can look smooth in a what you call them them body con dresses when you know you have a lot of roles. <laughs> like, come on, man.
0: Well, I think this is a conversation that's perfect for right now because, you know, we're in a new year. And chances are people are making resolutions about their weight or weight loss, weight lifting or liposuction, whatever their flavor, no judgment. Mm -hmm. But this is the time of the year when new gym memberships are at an all-time high. So according to Gold's Gym, it's a fun fact, their traffic jumps 40% between December and January. And the number of memberships dips back down significantly in February.
1: Which is why I... Never. Well, I stopped joining gyms, <laughs> especially with what well, that annual contract. I'm like, no,
0: no contract. Yes. Two months, three months, that's it. <laughs> but what does this mean for the body positivity movement? Should we forego the gym memberships, supplements, classes, and just love ourselves the way we are? Let's talk about what the body positivity movement is. Mm. So when I was looking online there is a website called The Body Positive. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's a movement that was founded in 1996 by these two women. And their goal was basically to teach people how to reconnect to their innate body wisdom so they can have a more balanced, joyful self-care and relationship with their whole selves that's guided by love, forgiveness, and humor. But that sounds very different to the body positivity movement that I think most people have come to understand it as because like you know if you see plus size women or like a video on youtube or um facebook or something if you look in the comment section there is always at least one person usually more than one but there's usually for sure one person that's like oh that person's glorifying an unhealthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. and oh all that stuff but i mean are they right about that that's a good question well
1: when you have plus-size women doing yoga I don't think they're glorifying an unhealthy lifestyle
0: I don't think so either and I think it's amazing that they Mm -hmm. are empowered to Mm -hmm. take control of their bodies in that way Mm -hmm. I think one really good place to start though is to talk about what health actually is because I think the words like health or healthy or well-being, they can be really ambiguous terms. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I think it might be helpful to start with maybe some key points about health. So, what
1: is health? Here are some key points to health. Um, according to the Medical News Today, health can be defined as physical, mental, and social well-being and as a resource for living a full life. Um, If it refers uh, not only to the absence of disease, but the ability to recover and bounce back from illness and other problems. Um, Some factors for good health. um, Genetics. Uh, Your environment. Relationships. And education. Knowledge is everything. Mm-hmm. You always hear knowledge is power. Knowledge really is the key to so much. With knowledge, you can become a millionaire. With knowledge, you can heal yourself. With knowledge, you can build build a house. You know, well, no, not really, but the proper knowledge. <laughs> if you go and get the training, yes, you can. So, you know, those are things that are going to help us really determine if we're living a good lifestyle and how do we live it. Um, a healthful diet, exercise, screenings. Screens are so important because it's preventative. It's catching it before it gets worse, or catch it before it even starts. Um, and then coping mechanisms. How do we cope with stress? How do we cope, um, really, with stress? Because stress is what triggers anxiety, depression. And just a, a, a just a, a downhill from there. So how do we cope and stop it from going downhill? Yeah. Um, some things we should talk about as well is uh hindrance to health.
0: Um, yes, there. I there. There are so many. I think there. There are so many hindrances to health. There's one that you touched on before. Mm-hmm. Um education Mm -hmm. is huge because you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know it, you're not able to do anything about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
1: I did not know that I had family members who had PCOS and this is on both sides. Had no idea. No one really talks about familiar, like familiar, like our health, my family's like, oh, we're all great, we're healthy, just drink some tea. Yeah, I know that West Indian. Yes. Sunk, okay. Go well, drink <laughs> some tea. Go drink, so drink tea. You know? <laughs> so it's really, we kind of we kinda don't talk about it. And it's, and I, it's not until my, in my adulthood that I'm hearing about certain um, autoimmune issues and really PCOS. I had no idea. Had I known, and had my parents probably known, or my mom known, they probably would have been a little more educated, well, they're super healthy. But at least for me, I would be been more, more mindful of my food choices. And knowing, if I knew what I knew now, then I probably would have, especially at that young age, would have had a better, um, I would have had a healthier and better um, food choices. Because automatically, yeah. it just changes everything,
0: especially when it, affects your fertility. Yeah, and yeah, your weight. Yeah, that's true. Like so many I I think that brings across the point that health issues, like if someone has health issues, that can be a huge hindrance to health whether it's PCOS, thyroid issues, any other endocrine disorder, mm-hmm. or if someone broke a leg or something like that and they're just not able to be mobile. Mhm or like someone is bedridden and they don't have, they don't have the means to be able to take care of themselves in that way. So- Financial resources. Hmm. absolutely, absolutely. So um, I found
1: uh, some interesting statistics in the CDC. I'm always in the CDC because I'm a nurse practitioner and all we do is research and keep up to date with trends and what's going on in the nation. And I find this one very interesting. It's kind of with reverse, um, reversed results. Among non-Hispanic black and Mexican-American men, those with higher incomes are more likely to have obesity than those with low income. Very interesting. Are we feeling good and eating our lobsters and our oxtails and our steaks? Like, what is it that we're <laughs> eating? Like, we got the money, so we eating men? Like, tell me what that's about. Uh, but in women, uh, women with higher income are less likely to have obesity than women in low income. And there's a lot of factors to think about that, you know, is it that the pressure focuses on women because you most likely, if you're in higher income, looks are important. If you have a certain position, looks are important. Are we And then we're more knowledgeable, so we actually apply it. Is it the way that we think as women, do we process this information differently than men? Um, in general, and this is uh this is just a known fact. You can do your research, you can look, you can Google. In general, a lot of urban communities are confined to very little resources. You'll see all yeah. the fast you'll see all the fast food restaurants. Every fast food restaurant, you gotta go up to the hood. And I'm going And say, a lot of them are food deserts. They don't have supermarkets nope. or access
0: to fresh produce. Nope.
1: So it's McDonald's and Wendy's and White Castles and Sonic's and and it's cheaper.
0: It, it, you know it can what? be cheaper.
1: It's, like I don't know these days because I I went to McDonald's the other day and one thing was like nine dollars and I didn't order anything extra.
0: But they'll have like specials where you can get two Big Macs for three dollars. Well,
1: yeah, that is cheaper when you think about it.
0: So if you can get two three three if you can get two Big Macs for three dollars and be full, or pay eight dollars for a salad and kind of sort of not yeah. be full, yeah. but then be hungry within the next 30 minutes that makes sense that's
1: true so you have all that you have a lot of smoking ads and i don't know if you ever noticed that i know at one point um i forgot her name but she used to be like on mtv and she had this whole initiative with smoking if you ever look in all the urban communities black communities you'll see billboards of smoking ads
0: it's, wow, you'll see I never more smoking. That.
1: You'll see more smoking ads in those neighborhoods than anything else. And then you got rural communities where they just have no access to anything. It might be one clinic or one hospital. It might be hundred, you know, uh, two three hours away. Yeah. So they're dealing with what they have. So they may not have a lot of fast food in maybe the rural areas, but they will. They won't have enough. Um, they, they can't make it to a doctor's appointment. They can't get screened for diabetes or HIV. They will have a popular... At one point, it was an issue with drugs in rural communities, and it it was a it was an epidemic there. Yeah. So resources is absolutely a huge factor,
0: and knowledge. You know, one thing we didn't um, in our convers in our previous conversations about this, um. I think one thing we haven't talked about a whole ton is the generational component.
1: Mm. Because,
0: you know, like, a child eat what the parents eat and the parents ate what their parents ate. Absolutely. And all of these, like, different foods that have been transferred down genera- generationally. So it's like, well, generational habits. fried chicken or, like, fried, lots of fried foods or different things like that. Butter, butter, and more butter. All that. Which is or true. Or starches or whatever. That's true.
1: What you cook in the home and what we identify as home-cooked, loving food can be very unhealthy and in excess, yeah. which is usually every day, we're creating We're creating walking diabetic children. At, and some might people might take it personal and say, why are you saying that? But at the end, it's true. If I'm feeding my kid all this junk and not really fresh food and understanding that, Fresh food is good. And it's healthy, and it's good for your body. And tell them you should eat to put energy in your body, to create, so your body can sustain and not be in an excess of fat. Then, yeah, we're gonna teach the kid is gonna end up being uh, it's predisposed for diabetes, um, cardiovascular d- diseases, respiratory yeah. infections. The list goes on. With with increased fat comes increased aff- um, inflammation and the list goes on so you're very right about that and our our exercise habits like if I'm not exercising my kid is probably not going to exercise and her kid is not going to exercise that's true and the thing is oh I used to be active as a kid but I'm a a chunky mom now but your kids really should be watching you be active and that's something I know I have to work on
0: yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. because ultimately they're going to they're going to live by our example and do what we do mm-hmm. as opposed to what we sim- simply the, what we tell them. There was a quote that I saw on a website. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what it is, but mm-hmm. it'll be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But I am a firm believer in that self-loathing is a hindrance to health mm-hmm. because they, they had this uh, whole idea of, what they called weight hate Mm -hmm. and I can identify with that because when I um like when I got to my early 20s that was just about when I started putting on a lot of weight and a lot of that was due to PCOS and just not knowing and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. but I just had this immense kind of like self-hatred because I like I was bursting out of all of my clothes and it felt I felt out of control and I felt like there was very little I can do about it because when I did try to do something about it and this was before I knew I had PCOS Mm -hmm. nothing was working Mm. but over time as I've been learning how to listen to my body and what my body needs I realized that my body is the same body whether it's large, or whether it's small, or whether it's in between, Mm -hmm. and so for me to take care of myself because I'm angry with the way that I look, to me, isn't productive. To me, I feel like if I'm going to work out and do things for my body, it should come from a place of self-love. You're absolutely right. And so this quote really spoke to me. It said, choose to invest in the concept of health at every size And the ideology that everyone has inherent worth.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Um, You start to gain weight. You start to feel. You're just upset about everything. And you're not really doing anything about it. But at the same time, love yourself in its state. So if you're 30 pounds, 60 pounds heavier, love yourself. Love who you are. Love everything about yourself. But at the same time. Love yourself enough
0: to, to love it to health. Yes. And what I is, did see this. Okay. Hmm? You, no, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I really I saw this really interesting, um, this bit of new research. Mm-hmm. According to the National Institute of Health, it says yo-yo dieting or weight cycling is associated with increased markers of inflammation, high blood pressure, and low. Um, HDL, which is the good cholesterol, and premature death from heart disease. And they were saying obesity may not be the underlying cause of disease as traditional medicine and health policy suggests. Hmm. Diet quality, exercise, and sleep habits have more impact on health than weight. Instead of fighting the war on fat, focus your efforts on eating healthily, being active, and forming good sleep habits. I thought it was really interesting. And you
1: know what? I think there was a Times uh, Magazine... I think I have it somewhere in the house that I actually did focus on those things and sleeping habits is such a big thing. People who have poor sleeping habits actually have higher, are more are more inclined to have cardiovascular disease.
0: Hmm, I didn't know that. And that's especially with sleep apnea, come on now. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Because that, and that's also a side effect of uh, PCOS mm-hmm. or a symptom rather of mm-hmm. PCOS. So
1: and I have sleep apnea, unfortunately. Um.
0: I think ultimately mm-hmm. with this whole idea of whether the body positive this whole idea regarding whether the body positivity movement is an excuse to be unhealthy I think that the I think that health and the bo- body positivity movement are mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. I I think that I don't think that people shouldn't love themselves just because their body might be at an unhealthy state. Like I don't and and this might be this might be an extreme example, but like if someone had cancer
1: mm-hmm.
0: or if someone has cancer, they're not in a healthy state, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think someone would be like, "Hey, you shouldn't love yourself because you have cancer." You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, I think that people should love themselves separately and completely apart from whether they're healthy or not. Mm-hmm. But I think out of the place of continual self-love, then people can grow to a healthy place. You're right. I think that that makes a lot
1: of sense. um uh, I think really also we should be focusing on accepting, accepting different the differences in women and in, in men too as well. But accepting the differences in body size, body shapes, and yeah. we shouldn't like I I feel like on Instagram everything is about the perfect hourglass and perfect breasts and perfect bottom and perfect abs. It's to the point where I'm just like, is there any real People who look real on Instagram, like, you can get so caught up, and I see a lot of people who, they live day to day trying to meet this criteria of how their body, how they think they're supposed to look. Right. Except all people, whether they're heavier, smaller, because, you know, you can't shun women who are quote-unquote skinny or underweight, because there are just some people who are naturally born that way. Yeah. And so now you're telling them that they don't fit the standard or the mold?
0: Yeah, that's true. It goes both ways. It's it's and not it's not necessarily just the that's overweight. Mm-hmm. It's just loving, having the ability to love who we are, regardless of mm-hmm. our size. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I bring that up because when I was younger, much younger,
1: like elementary. Be under sixth grade. I was actually I was the reverse. I was extremely underweight and couldn't gain weight no matter how much I ate. And I actually enjoyed eating everything and never gaining weight. But there was a part of me that didn't like the way I looked because I was so skinny and I got made fun of. I had skinny legs. Everything was just skinny. I got it from my dad. Okay. Yes.
0: And I think West Indian people though like they generally have something to say about people's weight in Mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. If you're skinny. Oh, you're too small. You need to go in there and eat something. Or if you're too big, oh look, look how you put on weight. When and it's you, like seriously, and they don't—they have no
1: shame. Like, yep. They, I remember seeing someone from church. I haven't seen in a thousand years. I said, "Oh my goodness, look how fat you got." And I looked and I said, "Well, my husband likes it. Like, how dare you?
0: <laughs> he likes all
1: this fat, honey. What? That's amazing. <laughs> like, how dare you?" And i I want to say, look how old you got what's your wig? Where's your hair? Don't you dare talk about like I was feeling and guys if you if you know I've been getting my feelings a lot, you're gonna hear it like who do you think you are right so you know and the the fact of the matter is you don't know what the other person struggle with. Struggles right. with. You know. You sometimes you get stuck in this pattern. You're trying to find a way to break through because you may have rheumatoid arthritis so or you may have some other illnesses that actually contribute to your, um, to your weight and to your situation. So I right. think we need to be more accepting, more loving, less judgmental, and just focus on health. Focus on health and wellness because, like you said, you don't have to be a stick to be healthy. And you, and some people are overweight and they're just fine. So maybe those are the women that are skipping and smiling and
0: their knees don't hurt, and my knees hurt. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think a really cool, um, I think two really cool resources, if someone's wanting to delve a little deeper into this whole body positivity movement, um, would be the body positive, and I think I think their website is yes bodypositive.org. and then the other resource that I think is pretty amazing is Health at Every Size mm. which is their website is haescommunity.com there were two things on their website that I just I completely loved and I wanted to share uh, it says the Health at Every Size movement promotes weight acceptance and addresses the stigma and cultural obsession with weight that makes it challenging for many people to be healthy. The health at every size approach is about being the best person you can be no matter what you weigh. It's about seizing the day and working toward health, physically and emotionally. Instead of making weight loss the goal, allow it to be a side effect of a healthier lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I love that. I completely agree with that Mm -hmm. 100 million percent.
1: And I think it, it almost, I feel like you... A uh, one, well, some everyone's motivational factors are different, but when you're thinking about, okay, I don't, it's not about weight loss, but it's really about alleviating the pain that I have in my knees due to my weight, or alleviating some arthritis pain that I know that most likely can re- be reduced with my weight. Yeah, I think my my frame of mind is much more different now because me just thinking about that, I'll grab some almonds before I'll go grab like um, some Doritos. Yeah. You know, just, just, just having that mind frame. Like, it's about loving my body and putting nutrients yeah. in. Because I want to live long. I want to live very long. I want to see my great, great, great... I, I want to be old. I want to be that old lady, <laughs> like 110, still living and laughing. And like, yes, I could probably be in a wheelchair, but guess what? i got to see <laughs> this world. And I don't want too much illness, so... um I think this is important for us to have this particular um, topic, and I know we're going to talk a, a lot more about this and health and wellness, and especially we touched, we talked about PCOS. And for those who yeah. don't know what PCOS is, is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, we both have it. It's amazing how we end up being friends. And I already was diagnosed, knew about it. She eventually got diagnosed because she knew something was not right, and then she became the PCOS connoisseur. And now I have to go to her to ask her stuff about PCOS. <laughs> so um that will definitely be a topic coming soon.
0: Yes, I'll have um links to resources for PCOS as well in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. And um I think this is a really I think this is a really interesting topic that I'm sure we're gonna touch on again. Mm-hmm. Until next time, we want to leave you with some words to live by. The conversation is no longer about skinniness. It is about wellness. A much more exciting conversation to have. Alex Stewart. Bye. Later, Later,
1: guys.